We're starting a brand new series this morning called Four Cups. Everybody say Four Cups. And uh, we'll get to what all that means here in a moment. And today I'll go ahead and warn you, it's kind of an introduction of a very loaded subject here. And we'll take the next few weeks and kind of uh, unfold that. Um, Let's start out and look in scripture here. And we begin in Psalm 116, verse 13. Keep in mind the idea of four cups. I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Then in Luke 22, 20, uh, last supper, likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. And uh, normally when we're going to think about cup and there, um, you know, the situation was the uh, upper room last supper. We think of communion, uh, the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, Eucharist. And um, I just want to step to the side here just for a moment and, and talk to you about communion. We, we, it's one of the sacraments of the church. Jesus said that we should do it. And we should do it often. And every time we do it, do it in remembrance of him. And it's, a, it's for me, a holy recalibration every time. And it's very encouraging. And so we, we celebrate that. And we'll be, we do that one Sunday a month, the first Sunday of every month. So that'll be next Sunday. We'll have communion together as the whole church family. That'll be part of our service. Um, but I've been thinking about something. And I have something in my heart that we're going to start uh, and we're going to institute the following week and, and going forward after that. On the first Sunday of every month, we'll have communion together as, as a whole body. But then every Sunday, every, after every service following that, except on the weeks where we're all together, okay, I just want to clear that up, we're going to make communion available to whoever would want to do that. And so some of you, maybe your, your um, tradition or where your, your background in church, you had communion every week, you would be welcome to partake of that. Or more importantly, and I stress that, more importantly, maybe you're going through something. And um, when you're going through something, that's a powerful time to come back to the table of the Lord and have communion. So what we'll do, and we'll remind you of it, is after every service, we're going to be setting, there's a room right there, a door right there. We're going to be setting that apart, um, that atmosphere, that time, that place. Pastor Ron and some of our other staff will be there um, just to uh, greet you there and serve you communion, have quick prayer with you. And I just think it'd be a very powerful thing. But I want to let you know that will begin the week after next. And that'll be available to you after all of our Sunday morning services, okay? And I think it'd be a, a, a beautiful thing. And you're going to be reminded again of, of God's goodness. How many think that'd be a good idea? All right, all right good deal. All right. Well, communion, um, the bread and the cup, actually, uh, our concept of that originates back in Egypt uh, at what we call Passover. And the children of Israel are in captivity. It's coming to the end of their captivity. They're about to be delivered. And uh, I won't go into all of what Passover is right now. We'll talk about it later. But um, in this, they had the unleavened bread and the the cup. And over time and through tradition, now a lot of observations of the Passover Seder uh, by the Jews will continue to have what they call four cups. And it's not always four separate cups. Sometimes it's the one cup. And uh, not to use drinking terms here, I'm not encouraging that at all. Uh, but a four separate toasts, if you will, to acknowledge four different things. And what we're talking about with each of the cups, and we're talking about four cups in this series, the four cups are four promises. 
And these four promises are core promises that we first see unfolded there in Exodus that we'll read in just a few moments. And we see it intertwined and woven throughout Scripture so that the four cups, the four promises, reveal not only what God wanted to do for the children of Israel, but all the way down through history, these timeless promises come to us and show us what God wants to do in your life. Did you all hear me? This is God's M.O., This is his intention throughout all of what he is wanting to do in your life and in my life. And uh, so this is a powerful thing that we'll be looking at. And not only do these four promises um, speak directly to what God wants to do in our life, they also speak to and inform what we do here at Meadowbrook and why we do some certain things that we'll be talking about. Why, why do we have growth track? Why do we do communion? Why do we have small groups? Why do we, a number of other things that, that we're part of. Why, why, why do we have services this way and so forth? And you're going to see over the next few weeks how it really speaks to those things as well. It's a beautiful thing. So in Second Peter, and just promises in general, Second Peter 1.4, It says, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. So that through them, these great and precious promises, you, say that's me, you, watch this, two things. You may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world that is caused by evil desires. So through the promises of God in general, here's what happens. We are able to participate, look at this, participate in the divine nature. How many of you know that God's ways are better than our ways? How many of you know his thoughts are better than our thoughts? And what happens is through the promises, we actually step it up. We ramp up and come up to a little higher level in life. And we are able to, through the promises of God, participate in God involved in our life. And that even makes us a candidate for supernatural in our life. And by supernatural, I'm not talking about some of the freaky stuff that's on TV and movies, okay? How I many of you know there's some commercials for, for some movies and, and different things? We just all just kind of, you know, just weird stuff. And I'm not talking about that supernatural. I'm talking about help from above. Amen. Quick survey. Anybody here had any help from above? I mean, seriously, you've had something. I can't really explain how that got worked out or how, how this ended up okay but somehow God helped me. Come on, could I see the hands of that? And you know what that is? That's our good God, first of all, and through his mercy. But secondly, he's, he's set out these promises for us that through those promises, we're able to participate in the divine nature. The other thing that we're able to do is to escape the corruption. Escape the corruption or the ruin or the brokenness of the world. You don't have to live at the lowest level in life. And I'm not, I'm not even talking about your tax bracket or anything else like this. I'm talking about life and that through the promises of God, you can do both. You can participate in the divine nature. That's a higher, better way of living. And you can escape the corruption, the broken, the ruin that comes from life without God. You can do both of those things. And so, you know what? I want the promises of God. And I want to make sure that the people of God and the people of Meadowbrook, that you're well aware of what God has promised to us and that that becomes part of our life. Can I get a good amen here this morning? Now, a promise, and let's get a definition here. Promise is an offer with a guaranteed result. An offer with a guaranteed result. Well, right away, I'm kind of skeptical. Because first of all, promise. How many of you, you know, a lot of empty promises. Y'all remember the song, promises, promises, that's all they ever get. Mm Mm-mm. 
Anybody? All right. I'm from Leesburg. That's all I can tell you. Promises. And an offer with a guaranteed result. How many of you know that the word guarantee has just kind of gotten worn out too? And here's the thing. People tell us a lot of stuff so they can get what they want. So they can sell us what they want. So they can convince us. So whatever. So there's a lot of promises. People will make a lot of promises so they can get out of, out of, out of a situation. I'm watching Cops the other day on my day off. And uh, how about this song? Do you know this one? Bad boy, bad boy. Okay. All right, y'all are with me a little better? Okay. Hey, I got a song for everything. You should meet my wife, too. <laughs> but this lady, she's, she's uh, you know, they pulled her over there talking to her, and they said, well, we think you have drugs. And she goes, I do not, I do not. Well, we think you got some on you and in your car. I do not, I promise you that I, I promise you I do. I swear on my dead mother's grave. And they said, well, we still think you do. And she goes, Listen, I promise on the Holy Bible of God. Well, guess what? In just a few moments, she had drugs in her pockets, in her purse, and all in her car. Okay? Her promises were what? No good. No good. And even if we have good intentions and we make a promise, we can't keep all of our promises. You know, you ever need me, I'll be there. And then they call you when you're in Albuquerque and, you know... <laughs> Why'd you call now? I can't come, you know, or you try to go help them and you're, 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 you're that girl with the drugs stole your car and you know, <laughs> or you got a flat tire or something, but this is what I want you to know today. God keeps his promises. I said, God keeps his promises. There's a verse and we'll go into it next week. He's not a man. So he doesn't lie. He's not a person. He doesn't lie. He's not limited like that. He's able to do what he has promised. Look here real quick in Joshua chapter 21. It says, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. And then look here in uh, Hebrews chapter 6. And this is going to be in the message paraphrase. And it's a contemporary paraphrase. So it's, it's, um, it's not scholarly, but I... I enjoy it because it kind of brings a a, a fresh view on some things. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word a rock-solid guarantee. God can't break his word, and because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. God keeps his promises. Now, if you'll study how many promises are there, um, I've, I've read, somebody says there's 30,000. I've read that there's 3,000. Several people that I respect in my Christian walk over the years, I've heard them say there's around 8,000. Uh, I've heard that there's 8,810. And for some reason, I've just locked on to that. Here's the thing, and this is, this is the big deal. For every problem... There is a promise. I don't, I don't care what it is. The word of God will speak to you. Whether it's 30 or 3,000 or 3, uh, promises. For every problem you would have, there's a, there's a promise. Either specifically, exactly, or by category, or by principle. Whatever problem you would have, there is a promise. And God is the one who made those promises. And God keeps his promises. Amen? So what we need to do, there's several things about the promises, and then we're going to start to unfold it here in just a minute. First of all, you need to know the promises. You need to know the promises. 
Uh, it cannot be just that you know there are promises. Uh, you can get to them still, but I think it's better that you know the promises. And uh, don't answer this yet, but um, where are we going to... Don't answer out loud. Where are we going to find these promises? Don't answer yet. We're going to find them. Fortune cookie? A horoscope? On Oprah? Well, it depends which week. Uh, <laughs> How about uh, God's Word, the Bible? And they won't just come to you by osmosis. You can't just hold the Bible to your chest and they sink in the ones you need. Or if you have a 30-pounder on the coffee table in the, in the living room that will somehow emit the promises into you. Now, you've got to realize that you're going to have to get into the Word of God. You've got to know, you must know the promises of God. And when you, you're going to have to read the Bible. Hey, I, I had to bring it up. You're going to have to read the Bible. Okay. Now change your mindset on reading the Bible though. It's not about conquering the Bible. Some people are, I'm, I'm reading through the Bible in a year and I'm doing this and I got to read these verses. And, and there is no trophy for reading the most verses. Okay. It's about finding. It's about discovering. It's about feeding. You know, and I have before just run through just reading. I got to read this. I got to read this. I got to read this and walk away with about nothing. I would rather Take your time and not just read the Bible, but let the Bible speak to you. Let it speak to you and get a nugget or two. Get those aha moments. Wait for that. There are systematic ways to be reading the Bible. Don't just read, you know, just a little bit. Read, read a significant amount. Start your day. First and final 15 in the morning, in the evening. Take some time in the day. Uh, I don't know. That's a lot. Well, if you smoke, you spend more time Or video games or checking your phone or, or whatever. We do, we do, you know, and you can load your phone. There, there are incredible apps. version would be one where you can, you can get the promises and good reading plans. Guys, guys, we're having our fight rally next, next uh, Sunday night. On version. there's an 11-day fight uh, in, in version app. We'll give you a daily devotion. For, for 11 days on our subject that, that we're going to be handling. There's so many things out there like that. But what you've got to do is you've got to know the promises of God. There have been a number of times in Alicia and I and our family's life where, you know, uh, dealing with sickness or dealing with a problem or dealing with a crisis or whatever, and we have literally taken construction paper and written out promises and, you know, put them up all over the car and, and uh, index cards or writing them on the mirror with soap or whatever to keep those promises in front of you. And it's important that you do that. You know, what if you're dealing with fear? You know, if you're, you're dealing with fear, you need to know what to do about that. And this, in the Psalms, David says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you're dealing with, with uh, financial issues or whatever, you know, uh, Matthew 6 says that our Heavenly Father knows what things we have need of. And if He takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, will He not also take care of you? And a favorite verse, Philippians 4.19, For my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You need to, you need to know what the promises are. You know, dealing with the devil and with temptation and things like that. In Luke chapter uh, 10, verse 19, Jesus said, I've given you power, authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. In 1 John 4, 4, it says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. 
And I don't care what it is, you know, healing, healing. Psalm 103, verse 2 and 3, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who heals all of our, who forgives all our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. In the book of Isaiah and also in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, and by his stripes we are healed. In the book of, of Joshua, it says, I am, the Lord, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. In, in the book of Malachi, it says, and I am the Lord and I do not change. And in Hebrews, it says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you've got to know what did he promise on these things. And so know, know the promises. Secondly, you need to understand the promises. And the first thing is this, and let me talk about understanding just for a moment here. And I purposely have slowed down just a little bit in this third service because we can, we can afford to do that. And so you're, you're getting a little more bang for your, for your time here this morning, okay? You've got to understand the promises. If you don't understand them, listen, in the parable of the soil, parable of the sowers, one of the gospel writers brings this out, that what you don't understand can be taken away from you. What you don't understand can be taken away from you. It's like taking candy from a, from a child, pulling a little quick one on somebody. What you don't understand can be taken away from you. You need to understand the promises of God. One of the things you need to understand about the promises of God is most of them are conditional. Most of them are conditional, meaning this. There's a you part and a God part. And you can't do God's part and God won't do your part. But if you do your part, God is all ready to do his part. And so, you know, sometimes people say, I just feel so far from God. Well, I got a promise for you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And say, well, I just want him to draw near to me. No, you need to draw near to him. Well, what what do I do? Draw near to him with your time, with your attention, with your focus. Get still a little bit. Start to read his word. Hear what he's trying to say to you. And if you draw near to him, I promise you, God will do his part on that. And so often we just want, you know, we, we want God to do to do his part. He will. He wants to. But here's the thing about the promises. It, they also require faith. They require trust. God wants you to be close to him. And so that's why he, he is asking you for some interaction. You're not earning anything. You're not working this out. You're cooperating with God. And that's one of the things you need to understand about the promises as well. Also understand this about the promises. God keeps his promises, but God God fulfills his promises, you ready for this? In his way, in his time. And Hebrews says that if you get impatient with that, you have need of endurance so that after you've received the promise, you keep that endurance, that patience, then you'll receive what is promised. And you won't cast away your hope. So it's very important that you just be patient and you trust God. God is not like other people that have forgotten about your situation. You know, you ever been on hold for a while? No, let me ask you, you ever been on hold for a while? And then the sweet recording voice says, uh, we'll be with you in just a moment. You're number 1,041. You know, and, and God's not that way. God knows exactly what to do. And you just ask him, Lord, is there anything else you want me to do? Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Lord, while I'm waiting, is there anything else you wanted me to do? And, and he'll make that clear to you. You ask him those kind of questions, he'll, he'll make that clear to you. But God will do it in his way. He will do it in his time. And the older, get, older I get, I realize that, that God, your timing and your ways are so perfect. They are perfect. Amen? And then the third thing you need to understand about God's promises, God's promises are for your good. They're for your good. 
They will help you in life. It's about your future. It's about a better life. Now, y'all look at me for this, though. It's about a better life. But look at me. Okay, when I was little, my mom used to always have, look at me. So I would get what she was saying. She'd have to hold my chin. My eyes are going And she'd have to create blinders. I probably needed medicine. But they didn't have her, they didn't check. Mom found this kind of worked pretty good, okay? So, in the long run, it worked, okay? So, look at me for this. God and his promises want to give you a better life. But when I'm talking about a better life, I'm not talking about everybody gets to be a millionaire. And I'm not talking about everything's going to go your way. And I'm not talking about just Teflon. You'll never have any problems at all. And no one will ever look at you even crosswise because of the promises of God. That would be a lie. That'd be a lie. The promises of God help us in this life. But the promises of God are for your good. The promises of God are for a better life. Have you, have you ever wondered in life sometimes? I have wondered before. Isn't there more? You know, isn't there more? Have you ever gone to an amusement park and waited in a long line before some ride and then finally you get on and then you ride it and it's like, it's over, really, that's it? Or three of your friends are talking about this new restaurant and you got to get this and you go and you have it. It's like, really? Yesterday, uh, we went out with Alicia's oldest brother, Bruce, uh, out into the Ocala Forest. And for, since he was 19, and he's my age now, 55, he's been driving these dune buggies. And he builds them and drives them. And so we went out with them. And uh, so I'm waiting because, you know, they had two of them that went out. And so we waited a good while before they got back for my turn. And so then I'm in and we're going and they give me goggles. So I felt pretty cool, you know, wearing goggles. So I got goggles on. I got my hat on backwards. And it's like, let's do this thing. And so we pull out of the campground and just go down this paved road. And I'm like, I did this coming here, you know. <laughs> and then we turned on this dirt road. And I thought, okay, now. And it was just smooth. And we're just going along. And I'm like, really? Really? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he turns on this side road, like Batman's road, you know, just off to the side all of a sudden. And just, whoa! And then we just, we just took off, you know. And I'm going, now we're talking, okay? Now we're talking. Because, listen, I didn't want to just wear goggles. I wanted to need them, okay? Okay? Well, that's what the promises of God are, okay? There's more. And if you're just, you know, is, is there more? Listen to me, there's more. And can I tell you what God really intends for you? This is the heart. This is the intention of his promises. It's these four things. You ready for this? That you would be happy and stable, fruitful, and blessed. Say it, say it with me again. Happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. Here, here's a way to remind it, and this is the season for it. High school football. Okay? But happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. This is at the core. This is God's timeless intention for his people. This is not everybody's going to be a millionaire and everything's going to go just right for you. That's not true. And especially if you send in an offering in the next 30 minutes. <laughs> be careful. Y'all, be careful. Happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. 
That's the way to travel through this life. You're still going to have obstacles and pressures and, and problems and things, but you can still be. This is what God promises, happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. Anybody up for that here, here this morning? All right. Let's, let's go back to where God first reveals this in Exodus chapter 6, and it's woven all through Scripture. We've talked about it and taught about it for years, but let's, let's just quickly do this. We're going to summarize all of this, and over the next few weeks, we're going to unfold this. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, they're in captivity to Egypt at this point, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. And these are the four cups or the four core promises that are woven into, I believe, the rest of Scripture of what God intends for us. So let's go through this real quick. I'll give you the four cups here. Number one, I will bring you out. Number two, I will free you. Thirdly, I will redeem you. And number four, I will take you as my own people. Now, how this plays out in summary is this. I will bring you out. You're going to be happy. I will free you. Now you can be stable. I will redeem you. Now you can be fruitful. And we'll, we'll identify some words here in a moment. And I will take you as my own people. That's fulfillment and you are you are blessed. So let's break these down just real quick. The first cup, the first cup is salvation. It's salvation. The first thing the Lord wants to do is I will bring you out. I will bring you out. It's salvation. Look at this in Titus chapter three. And again, this is the message paraphrase and it's almost a little cheeky. Okay. But it's going to speak to all of us here. It wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn. Dupes of sin, ordered every which way by our glands, going around with a chip on our shoulder, hated and hating back. But when God, our kind and loving Savior God, stepped in, he saved us from all that. It was all his doing. We had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath. And we came out of it new people, washed inside and out by the Holy Spirit. Our Savior Jesus poured out the cup idea there. New life so generously. God's gift has restored our relationship with him and given us back our lives. And there's more to come. There's more life to come. An eternity of life. You can count on this because this is his promise. So the salvation, first cup, the first cup is salvation. It's relationship with God through Jesus, his son. And that's where we're happy. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Now watch this. The first thing he did, he said, I will bring you out. I will bring you out. And so Egypt is a type of the world. Egypt is a type of life without God. And the first thing that God wants to do, not only for the children of Israel, bring them out, you and I, he wants to bring us out of that life without God. So he brings us out and that's salvation. And that should make you happy. Now, a lot of people that get old and religious, though, they're not happy that people are happy and their life hadn't changed much. But see, this is all that's happened so far with the first cup is all all God did was to bring you out. He didn't give them the law yet. He's not fixing them up yet. He's just, I got to get you out of there first. So first he wants to get you out of Egypt. And the second thing he wants to do, he wants to get Egypt out of you. And so the second cup is this. 
I will redeem you. Or excuse me, I will free you. I will free you. It also means to deliver or to rescue. Here's reality. You and I can love God, but we might not be free. There are a lot of people that are perpetually stuck dealing with old issues, trying to get free from issues. Love God, no question, but they're still dealing with issues. A lot of people trying to settle a whole lot of yesterdays. And we have issues. And if you're sitting here today and say, I have no issues, you, my friend, that is your issue. (laughs) And so what we have to realize is God wants to free us. Jesus does not just want to save us. He wants to free us of those things. And this is going to be beautiful how we look at this in scripture over the next few weeks. In Romans chapter 7, even the great apostle Paul said this. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the context of that from previous verses, Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8, Paul talks about, hey, I'm struggling. I've got issues. I I know I shouldn't do this and I find myself doing it. And I want to do that, but then I don't do the thing that I want to do. Who's going to help me with this? He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. He's he's revealing, hey, I'm struggling with some things. But look here in Romans 8, 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me what? Has made me free from the law of sin and death. And so, so get this. He who the sun sets free is, is free indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will, will set you free. And he wants to not just save you. He didn't want to just get you out of Egypt. He wants to get Egypt out of you. We've got to get, get that old nature and old mindsets and old wounds. We've got to get that out of us. And so the second cup is free. I will free you. And you know what it does? It makes you stable. And the more that we deal with issues, and it's not going to all happen 9.30 on a Tuesday morning. There, I'm all free. It's a continuous process of, of getting free and staying free and growing in our freedom. But the more and more free we become, the more and more what? More and more stable we become. Real quick, the third cup is this. Third cup, I will redeem you. I will redeem you. This word redeem means this, to restore, to put back, to bring back. It actually, uh, for our purposes, it, it, it's saying this. I'm going to, to reset you back to your original factory settings. See, what God originally intended for you, how many of you know that it's gotten morphed and messed up and dented and twisted? Okay, four of you. But it's true. It's true. And what God's wanting to do, he said, hey, listen, I have plans, designs, and intentions for you. And, and, you know, I, I don't give people a break on their personality so much. Well, that's just their personality. Your personality is not in its original form. I mean, life and people and things have, you know, and so what we want is the personality of the Holy Spirit, which is the fruit of the Spirit. And there's love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and meekness and faith that we have those things operating in our life. But see, when he redeems us, what he's trying to do is I want to reset you. I want to put you back where... Where ultimately and, and initially, that's where I wanted you. And what it has to do really is this. God, and, and we watched the video earlier. God, God has something for you so that you can make a contribution in this world. You're not just here on this planet. God has given you, you ready for this? Gifts and talents and abilities. You. Look at me. He's given you gifts and talents and abilities. But when you're not saved and when you're not free, when you're not happy and when you're not stable, you're going to use your gifts in the wrong way 
or your gifts are going to be hidden, tamped down, or you're going to just disqualify. So I, could, I could never be that because of this. And I'm telling you, God wants to save, wants to bring you out. He wants to free you. Now you're happy, you're stable, and he wants to use you. He wants you to discover your gifts and what he has for you. And when you do that, when you find God's plan and find God's gifts, here's what happens. Third cup, redeem. You're fruitful. You're fruitful. And then fourthly, and let's do this real quick. He said, I will take you as my own people. And I want to call this fulfillment. Fulfillment. Something happens in us when we are wanted. Hello? Something happens in us when we are wanted. Y'all are not listening to me. Okay? I'll tell you my story again. I'm in sixth grade. I'm in the cafeteria at my school. A lot of kids. And this girl comes over to me and says, are you Tim? And I go, yeah. She says, Beth likes you. I said, I like Beth. Which one's Beth? Now, that's just a weird little kid, okay? But no, no, it's pretty, it's pretty normal. Listen, somebody's, somebody's nice to you. Listen, we all want to be wanted. Do you remember in elementary school out at recess and we're going we're gonna to divide up teams and we're going to play kickball or Red Rover, Red Rover or whatever, whatever we're going to do? And you know what? They, the two, two people that are normally going to be the captains jump out to be the captains and they got all the kids there and they're going, okay, okay, okay. No, I don't want you. I don't want you. Yeah, you, you, you. You know, and then it comes down and this is a hard moment where there's just two of you left. Yeah. Hey, hey, these are some of the yesterdays we're talking about. We got to settle. You know, like, I, I don't want them. You, you, you can have them. I don't, I don't want either one of them. You can have them, you know. But here's what God, here's what God says. I will take you as my very own. I will take you as my very own. He brought us out so we can be happy. He frees us so we can be stable. He's given us gifts and talents and abilities and he wants you to discover those things because you have a contribution to make. You can be fruitful in life. And then he says this, I will take you as my own people. You know what that does? That fulfills you. And ultimately, here's what it does. You end up blessed. You end up blessed because all relationships come, all blessings rather, come through relationship. And God doesn't just make you a person. Don't miss this. I'm about to wrap up. God doesn't just make you a person. He wants to make you a people. There are no lone rangers. It's a family. And God wants to draw you in. I love the Meadowbrook family. Just look around. Red and yellow, black and white. We got every color, size, background, age, everything. Welcome to the family. And God wants family. He wants family. Celebrate one another. And God draws us in. God draws us in to the family of God. He doesn't want you to just be a person. He wants you to be this whole person. But that whole person, what is a whole person without other people? He wants to make us a people. He wants you to be a part of a family, of a group, of a body. And he pulls us all together. In John 10.10, I'll finish with this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And the tense of this is present right now. I have come, Jesus said, that they may have present tense, that they may have present tense, not just in the then and there, but in the here and now, that they may have life and that they may have it 
more abundantly. You ever wondered, is, is there more? There's more. There's more. And it's all found in God's promises. Represented by those four cups that I will bring you out, that I will free you, that I will redeem you, that I will make you my very own people so that you can, no matter what's going on in this world, you can, in this world, you can be happy and stable and fruitful and blessed. And it's all woven in those promises, all contained in those cups. And it's as if God has put those cups on the table. That's his offer. And he wants you to drink of each of these so that you can have all that God has intended for you from the very beginning. And so we're just starting today. We're going to finish over the next few weeks and kind of unfold this. It's a beautiful thing. You don't want to miss a week of it. And make sure you invite some folks with with you as well. Did you get anything at all out of this today? All right.